While your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Good evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. Good evening. Welcome back to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus Farrow. I'm just getting some... I got some app chat messages. One is kind of robust... I'll try to read it. Uh, I'll try to read that one during the break and see if I can respond to it. But it's quite a, it's a lot. Alicia from New Bedford, I do appreciate it. I just got to, um, I just got to read, I got to take the, I got to take a minute to, um, to, di- to, to read and, and digest that and hopefully respond to that um, uh, on the air. But thank you for, for, for the message. Uh, Marcus Uno from New Bedford, no relation, says science education has been proven ineffectual in our first world bastion of anti-intellectuals. Well, vocational education is very important. Uh, There are, I believe, 37 voc schools in the state. 28 of them are regional schools that essentially operate as their own school district, Old Colony being one of them. Um, Diamond, another one, Greater New Bedford Voke, Bristol Plymouth, Upper Cape Tech. And over the last few years, there's been a lot of discussion and pushback on how vocational schools are admitting their students. Um, you know, the, you know, the proponents of people leaving it where it is, the proponents of people leaving the admissions where they where it is says, well, you know, we get, you know, it's it's you know developed into a great school, really desirable. You can enter the job market in a meaningful and effective way, and and all of that. Uh, you know, it's you know it's it's what you know the admission standards taking the students that they do take makes is what make Vogue, it's what make Vogue schools great. Um, the opponents of how Vogue schools have operated to include mayor mitchell mayor mitchell's really been the leading advocate uh in terms of elected officials in the state the leading advocate in the state in changing the Vogue tech school admission standards he had had a letter signed with 23 other gateway city mayors in the uh across the commonwealth to the department of elementary and secondary education back in i believe 2019 or 2020 
Jeff Riley, the Desi commissioner, had then come down with uh, new regulations on how Volk could admit their students. There's obviously some disparities. Uh, a lot of people are uh, arguing, and I, I think it's more or less true, that vocational schools have essentially become de facto private schools. When they're supposed to be public schools um, that offer a different and valuable educational service, uh, obviously learning a trade and being able to basically upon graduating high school make a really good living in a you know employable um in a you know a very employable field uh for a lot of in a lot of circumstances you know a lot of people think well you know think of voca they think of trade schools there's obviously a lot more education that's offered there's uh you know careers in law and all of that as well Uh, i believe in nursing too and cosmetics cosmetology but the problem is that, you know, they were 60. So basically some of the statistics that the proponents of changing the admission standards were, which, by the way, they have been changed. It's not a matter of whether or not this can continue. It's a matter of, you know, is, you know, our vocational schools that don't want to at least modify their admission standards to the minimum degree required by DESE, are they going to be able to, um, you know, it's, it's, are they going to do that? Or are they going to go to the lottery system? That's an alternative. If you don't want to do, if you don't want to modify the admission standards, um, which they said can include factors that would exclude members of a protected class, which they argue it has, like, for example, New Bedford has a uh, total, I mean, obviously Dartmouth and Fairhaven are, uh, mem- uh, members of the Voke Tech community, uh, Voke Tech school district as well, but New Bedford and Dartmouth, uh, I mean, New Bedford has 20, 30, 28, the high 20s to 30% English learning language. That means people who are learning English as a second language could be people who immigrated here uh, from Latin America or other countries, people who are born American citizens uh, that moved here from Puerto Rico. Uh, there's a, a lot of uh, students that fall under that uh, umbrella. Um 20, I think it's like high 20s to low 30s uh, English learning language. Let's just say like 29% English learning language. And Vokes English learning language students hovers around 4%. Now there's, again, obviously Dartmouth and Fairhaven have fewer people, fewer students who are English learning language, but that's still disproportionate. That's still obviously 4% for a regional school, which whose you know biggest student po- uh, body population is New Bedford. Obviously, you know, going from 30% to 4%, obviously there is, it's not proportionally represented. The the population of the Voctec student body is not proportionally represented by the the, the broader student body in New Bedford. And it doesn't have to be exact, but it should be close, right? Your schools should represent the communities that they're in. And Voc, you know, from this data... Does it? And this applies to all Voc Tech schools. I think they said sixty uh, percent of students of color who apply to Voc Tech schools are admitted, as compared to seventy three percent of white students. Um, English language learner. There's nearly a twenty percent gap between um, between uh, applicants between English language learners and, and students who uh, speak English as a first language. 
uh, for students who have in lo- uh, low-income households, the admission rate is 58% of students from low-income in- ho- households are admitted into vocational schools across the country, and 75% of applicants for higher-income households are admitted into VOC. So there are some clear inequities here for in the, the vocational admissions process. That's underpinning this whole discussion on the New Bedford City Council to whether or not to nominate Carol Pimentel. Now, there is discussion about how Carol may not be as young as they'd like to be, which I find to be a very strange requirement. uh, But uh, or. Yeah, I guess as young as they'd like to be. I I don't know. She has a great resume. She sits on other boards, which is probably which they said is problematic. I suppose there could have been a a, a compromise saying, okay, I'll, I'll I'll leave the other boards if I can sit on this board, you know, if it's important enough to her. But I, I find it, I find with all the discussion that's been happening here, you know, with the counselors during that meeting, apparently, and you know, the conversation I had with uh, Councilor Carney here about how she feels about the admission standard, find it difficult to believe that those are the those are anything more than like the window dressing reasons for denying Miss Pimentel. I wasn't there, so I can't talk about the tenor of their conversation. I plan on watching the meeting afterwards on the cable access website to get uh, to get a you know a vibe of of how that went. Uh, obviously, I'm here with you, giving you live updates uh, on what happened, but. That's the whole situation with vocational schools in Massachusetts, and that's why the Department of Elementary and Secondary Education said they had to change. That's why Mayor Mitchell had advocated pretty vehemently and successfully to get new admission standards. So this conversation on admission standards doesn't end here. Now, I know Councillor Markey apparently had said to uh, Carol Pimentel, and I think he voted in favor of her, but he said, um, you know, it's just one vote. It's not going to change everything. But, I mean, yes, but I would say two things to that. It's true. One vote on the board isn't going to change everything. But I would say two things to that. One, having an advocate on the board, giving comments on the record is important and can perhaps convince other board members to change their mind and just having that voice there is important. And two, if you don't start putting the people that you want on the board, then to, to change, like if mayor Mitchell wants to start putting people on the board, that's that are going to agree with him more in the admission standard debate Um, the admission standard debate, then, you know, you, you, you're never going to get anywhere if you say, well, it's, that's just one vote and that's just one vote. He makes a point. It's one vote, right? It's not going to fundamentally change anything. But having that, that advocacy and on any board is important. Having those on-the-record comments is important, especially if what Council Burgo said was true when he was in here with, with Chris and I a week or two ago that 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 
Volk's potential disregard of modifying their admission standards could result eventually in a lawsuit because they're violating state regulations in a way that it could be argued is also a violation of the rights of the protected classes of students of, of a protected class that lives in the community that that school is supposed to um, be open to. So there's a lot, this is, this is going to be a thing. There's a lot of things happening right now in the, in, in the, in the, in the council. You had the walkout, right? That seems to have been resolved in some manner, but there's obviously still at least one counselor who, you know, wanted one of those nominees to go a certain way and didn't. And he had said, Burgo had said to his credit, hey, listen, if she, you know, if we have a full council and she gets, she doesn't get the votes, that's fine. But she deserved to at least have the consideration of the full council, right? So that's fair. I think that's, I think that's fair. But that position, Mayor Mitchell's not going to say, oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to fill this spot. He's going to pick somebody else, and he's going to pick somebody who more agrees with Ms. Pimentel. And if that person happens to be, I guess, younger or whatever, uh, I'm, if, if they're younger and they're not on a board, we'll see if that changes the opinion and how the city council votes. But at this juncture, I think it's difficult to believe that. I can't speak for every city councilor and how, why they voted. I'm not a mind reader. But I find it difficult to, I mean, and you always have public answers for stuff, you know, that's maybe different from what you're saying, you know, the reasons that you may vote or not vote for things. And again, I'm not a mind reader, but what's difficult for me to, what would be difficult for me, I guess, and I don't know if you feel differently. If you do, you can call it 508-996-0500. That's how you can get on the program. It would be difficult for me to buy is that, oh, this is just because, you know, she's too old and she's not on different boards or whatever. That would be difficult for me to understand and and accept just as it doesn't make a lot of sense. What would make more sense is if they did, she's more, she's a, maybe an advocate of more of the lottery system than, and they're not an advocate of that. I know Mayor Mitchell is actually an advocate of the lottery system. Uh, just having students go in and, you know, luck of the draw. And he feels that's a more equitable system. I mean, the thing is with, with, with having, I think, academic rigors attached, like having academic uh, standards, I mean, a, a, attached to it. I mean, it's good to have people with good grades, but some people, I said this, I said this earlier when we were talking about the free college thing. Some people have different talents. Some people excel in a classroom setting. Some people excel in different settings, in maybe a workshop setting, right? And you're to to continue, you know, based on these numbers, based on these, based on these, 
yeah, and someone's asking me, you know, isn't that uh isn't that age discrimination? Uh yeah, it might be. I'm not sure. Um like I wouldn't explicitly say that, honestly, for anything. Age is actually a protected class. I don't know if it applies here. But age is a protected class. So if that's one of your express reasons for voting against somebody, there could be an issue. But if that's, you know, the point is, is it, it, you know, those numbers that they that that were presented to Desi to say this is inequitable. If those, you know, continue, you're foreclosing a great many people in the in the student population who may excel in those op- the opportunity to get a vocational education, but don't because they didn't have the right background. They didn't have the right resources available to them at the time of admission to meet these voc tech admission standards. So that's underpinning the entire discussion on that. And that's that affects this this you know Carol Pimentel's nomination is a directly impacts it has a regional impact right Fairhaven Dartmouth New Bedford they're all you know they all have students that 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 um, that go to Vogue so five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred uh, I'm going to take a quick break we'll be right back Joe I'm Marcus Farrow five zero eight nine nine six O five hundred is how you can get on the program this evening. We had Adam Bass calling in uh, live from Council Chambers earlier to give us an update on that Vogue Tech School Committee vote. Your member Shane Burgo had walked out of the New Bedford School, uh, the New Bedford uh, City Council meeting on appointments and briefings, along with Council Pereira, in part because he thought that the Council Chair Carney was trying to sabotage the admission of. Um, the admission of uh, Carol uh, of, uh, of uh, the nomination of Carol Doherty to the school board. You know what Mayor Mitchell's previously said about the Vogue Tech uh, nominations too. He's, he said uh, this is about the standards. You know because the standards were um, point, uh, points for middle school grades, attendance, and disciplinary record uh, based on a guidance. Uh, and and uh, there's also additional points. There's 30 points for each based on middle school grades, attendance and disciplinary record with 10 points possible based on a guidance counselor recommendation. And what Mitchell said, this is a couple of years ago, said you have a policy in place that's been jealously guarded by folks who want to maintain the status quo and the results of the exclusion of many students who could well benefit from a vocational uh, education. So, you know, he feels pretty strong. I mean, I think those are pretty strong words. Jealously guarded, I think, is is I think a a, a, a very um, a very uh, jealously guarded. I think is a very um, strong characterization of of what you know he believes that the Greater New Bedford Folk has been doing with their admission standards. So. Under the new regulations, Vogue schools will not be allowed to use, this is from Commonwealth Magazine, admissions criteria that disproportionately 
that disproportionately exclude students in the protected classes unless they can demonstrate those criteria are, quote-unquote, essential to participation in Voctech programs, and there are no other admission standards that could be used that would not have that effect. So when those came down, Mitchell said that was significant progress. He said it, it represented significant progress. Um, and I think, you know, a, f- a few years later, he doesn't feel like those have been those have been implemented in a good faith uh, manner. Just uh, and yep, just sending a text. I know it's not great radio, but sometimes got to work on the fly, you know. But I really appreciated Adam going to the meeting. It was great to get those those uh, that live call in. That was one of the features that I was really excited about in getting this evening program, and in one that we're we're definitely looking to continue. Uh, that we're we're looking to continue here. So, um, again, that was twenty three mayors Mitchell had had uh, had brought together for that, and uh, you know, I guess going forward, this is going to be a discussion. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Good evening. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hey. Hey. So, no, like, the restrictions or whatever they had on Volk was, I thought it was good because it kept people who caused trouble and stuff like that out of the school. Yeah, I but it was a good thing. Do you think that people who may have some bad disciplinary record in middle school should be foreclosed for an opportunity for a career for the rest of their lives. I mean, in your middle school, your age is what, 10 or 11 to 13 or 14. I mean, I think it's, I don't think it's that, I don't think it's all that fair, right? I mean, if someone's got a really, really bad record, a really, really bad disciplinary record, that's one thing, but I don't think it's really fair to say the stuff that you might've done when you were, uh, a kid, maybe if you're a little bit of a problem kid, should foreclose you for an op- uh, from an opportunity for the rest of your life. No, but it's usually a, pre- a prediction of the future. Uh, I-, I hate to say it, but once you've done something crazy in school, you're always going to be a problem child later on. I, I don't... You know, I, I just I, I I find it hard to believe that someone at twelve can't change by the time they get to age uh, eighteen, twenty, thirties. I I find it hard to believe someone who's acting a certain way when they're twelve can is is doomed to a you know a, uh, a transgressional Mark, lifestyle for the rest of their lives. You are you are a defense attorney. You're going to tell me that people who didn't cause crap when they were a kid later on became a problem and we're the same problem with the system years later i'm not saying that they're i mean first of all i I, you know when i'm representing people in court i don't necessarily do a whole deep dive into their childhood but yeah obviously you know some of that's the result of childhood trauma thing they weren't given the right but some of that is they weren't given the right opportunities it's not that necessarily oh they were it's because they were a problem child and because they were a problem child they're just going to you know be a frequent flyer at the district court that's not the case a lot of it is they didn't might not have had the opportunities to get a good career opportunity but they are a problem once they grew up i understand people grow up in broken homes they become problems and all that. But 
when it happens early in life, it's still going to be a problem later on. So why, you know, I don't know. It just, Hope was always, I grew up, I, went, I graduated from Hope. Sure. So it was like, good school. the school was at a higher end for me where there was no, it wasn't, I'm going to say it like it is. There was no riffraff like there was in the New Bedford Public School System. Right. No, I understand. It's straight English. It's like you you didn't have problems there. Like you knew what kids were going to be the problem, and that was it. Now with them letting more in, it's going to be more of a headache for them, and they're not going to get that. It's just going to disrupt classes instead of teaching kids that want to do what they want to do and go to classes. But, and- again, I think you're assuming that maybe people who are, like, for one reason or another acting out in class might not – do well in like a workshop. I don't. I don't see why they couldn't. You know, I understand where you're coming from. I, went, I mean, I went to Stang, so I, I t- talk about no riffraff. I, I went to a private school, but um, but but just because someone's like I said, you're assuming that they might not get to a setting like Vogue, where there are different opportunities and different environments to learn, and they might not do well there. Yeah, it's just I'm just giving my opinion. I, no, I appreciate. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, uh, you know, if someone's, if a kid's got a really bad uh, uh, record for one reason or another, a really bad behavioral record, I get that. I get the same, I get saying like, well, listen, is this going to be a disruption for students who want to learn and all that? But I think the way you act when you're a kid, I don't think is necessarily indicative of how you're going to act when you're an adult. And Again, I don't think it should foreclose people from those opportunities. I get a lot of people graduated from Vogue and there's, you know, it was a different learning environment and there was less quote unquote riffraff. Again, I understand that as someone who went to Bishop Stang, I went to a private school, um, a private Catholic school. So there wasn't really any riffraff at all. I, I, I get all of that. But the way I acted at Bishop Stang, frankly, was not indicative of the person I am now. I, you know, I was more or less, I mean, I was fine, but I was more or less a problem student. I almost got kicked out. They basically kicked me out and let me back in. And I venture to say that I'm doing pretty decent now, right? I ended up getting a a law degree and being a defense attorney. I have this great media career. I get to talk to you guys every night. But if someone had said when I was 15, well, that guy's screwed. I mean, I, you know, if I was foreclosed from opportunities that, I, I, you know, because of that, I, I think, you know, things would have been different. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on the program. Let's go back to the phones. Good evening. Good evening. What's up? Yeah, well, the only way you're going to stop the problem of excluding people is just to have people apply to vote and have a lottery. That's yeah, that. that's what Mayor Mitchell's advocating that's for, that's basically. That, 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 then if the so-called riffraff, you'll get your portion of it. And New Bedford High School and Fairhaven and Dominic get their so-called portion of riffraff. And, and that's it. But to try to find some magical formula that we're going to give everybody equal opportunity. Uh, yeah. To go, that's just not going to happen. Because it's our, it's cause, cause the standards are completely arbitrary anyway. Like this, yeah, like, oh, yeah, you can't yeah. exclude this unless yeah. it you know substantially relates to the job. <laughs> That's that's a that's an escape hatch. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, years ago, very many years ago, when they were on Hillman Street, the thinking was, hey, if you didn't cut it academically in the classroom, 
maybe we can put you at Vogue and you can learn to work with your hands, okay? Yeah. And that was the thinking. But again, that over years, I think, had a certain student going there that wasn't, uh, you know, desirable even to do a minimal of classroom work. Yeah. So I think uh, Vogue became more selective in the type of student that they uh, uh, pursued. And uh, it's it's done well by them, I would say, okay? Uh, but I think if you're looking for equality here, the only way you're going to get that is through a lottery. You put in your name, the kid walks in the door, and whatever benefits or, or problems the, chi- the child has, uh, you have to deal with it. Right. It's the business you've chosen, and so, you know, don't ask any questions and just try to educate the uh, the student as best as you can. And I think, uh, you know, I, I think with that probably New Bedford will end up with their fair share, if you want to call them that, of the riffraff, and New Bedford Vocational will end up with their fair share of the so-called riffraff, too. I, I don't like using that term, but that's what you're going to say. Uh, even, I think, uh, students that attend... Uh, uh, Vogue from Dartmouth in uh, Fairhaven, I think because of the economic advantages both those uh, towns have, uh, people who are living in the towns, I think, have achieved some success economically. Uh, a student that comes from those towns might be a little bit more amenable uh, to the classroom, too, rather than coming from a poor uh, section of the South End, as I did. Right, you know, south end of New Bedford, or the north end, or the west, or the wild west end, as one of your ladies that calls the show says. Uh, you know, you're dealing with a uh, inner city kid as opposed to a kid that uh, lives in the suburbs. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, I had a friend that was there at Vogue and used to say, "Send all those kids from the towns that you can to me. Send them all. I'll take them all." You know that sort of stuff. So, right. hey, you know, you're like I say, you went to Stang and going to Stang. You know, you've got parents that care. And parents are sending them. Sending yeah, I was very lucky because they care. Yeah, and you, a certain modicum of behavior is expected out of you uh, because you know your parents are paying some money for you to go there, and so you're going to get a certain type of. And the, see, to me, the same thing goes with the charter schools. You have parents who want a kid to go to a charter school because they care. <laughs> the charter okay. school's lottery, though. You know, yeah, I understand that. But yeah. again, but the parents yeah. who want their kids to go there is because they care. They want them to get away from, you know, uh, some craziness that might go on in an inner-city school. And uh, and they can come from poor people also as well who, who have the right idea. But, you know, I hate to tell you, but, you know, some people have children, and to me, they really don't care about them. You know, yeah. I hate to say it, but let's let's face it. No, it's true. You know, they they got they got a kid, and uh, that's true. You know, uh, by whatever reason or means, <laughs> and could care less. Uh, everybody has this thinking all the time that oh, because you have a child, you care about the child. Yeah. I would venture to say that some people who have children don't care about their kids. There is a lot of people themselves. that don't. There's a lot of there's a lot of parents that unfortunately ne- neglect their children, and some of them that don't, but they just. You know, especially in this economy, a lot of them are just scraping by and unable well, to, to well, do more than, than barely keep them fed. Well, get a, get away from this area. Look at the six-year-old that brought in a nine-millimeter handgun yeah, right. to school. You know, the, yeah. the mother, they had to take the mother who supposedly owned the thing and stop her from owning a handgun and maybe punish her in some way. How, how can you let a six-year-old get access to a, yeah. a nine-millimeter? Oh, yeah. I know. I hear you. Uh, that's 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 not a twenty two caliber or you know a pop gun or something you know uh, right it's uh, well, either way 
you know. <laughs> so, and again, so again, I think the only way they're going to solve the idea of who gets the, the the students who have, through no fault of their own, again, it's through fault of their parents, whoever they are, okay, uh, difficulty for finding success in school is to have a lottery system and. Then you, as an educator, you have to, you know, deal with the student and do the best you can by them, whether they be uh, very uh, prone to uh, academics and being in school and and that type of thing. Or if they're not, then you have to try to make them uh, obey the rules and follow along with what the school's rules are as best as you can. Right. You know, because this is the business you've chosen. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I agree. Thank you. Okay, my friend. See you later. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hey, good evening, Marcus. How's it going? Peaky, how are you? Good. Good. Hey, listen, uh, I'm wondering, as far as the management goes of the uh, vocational school, is that the Bedford Public Schools Department? No, yeah, so uh, it's it's essentially the regional voc schools are their own school district. So uh, New Bedford sends people to the school committee, the... Um, Fairhaven and Dartmouth do too, and then different towns they all have representatives. Um, so they're essentially they essentially operate as their own school committee. In terms of the funding, I believe that comes from the state. Um, and the I, answer to that question is no. They're not run by the New Bedford School Department. So I would say no, they're not run by the New Bedford School Department. They essentially <clears throat> operate as their own school district. Although but the you, New Bedford School Department wants to be sending their students to vote. And they well, want to be able to send whoever it is that they, they want to send them, not have them denied yeah i i mean it's it's a, it's it's supposed to be for for new bedford students and Fairhaven and dartmouth students so yeah they're not uh the, you are, know are there new bedford students and dartmouth students there yeah of course yeah totally oh, okay yeah so they want to send whoever they want to the school and they want them to have to be accepted well i think what mitchell's advocating for is the lottery it's not even who we want to send there to be accepted it's it's you know how can we do this in a way that's more equitable that better represents the population of students in the community. So I, I think it should be the other way around. I mean, I think that if the New Bedford School Department was running New Bedford High School the way that it should be run, then the kids from Broke would be dying to get into New Bedford High and get into those high-paying colleges, uh, uh, those, those elite colleges, and then the high-paying jobs there after that. But it's the other way around. The New Bedford School Department can't run their schools the way that they should be run, so they want to. They want to have. A, I mean, I don't think. I, I think New Bedford School Department. I think. I mean, I think New Bedford School Department's seen a lot of improvement. They just had like a close to eighty-eight, ninety percent graduation rate uh, right. not too long ago. I mean, they, they've. I don't think that's. I don't think that's a fair assessment of, of how they've uh, how, how far they've come, especially the last decade. From Volk trying to trying to flood in the doorways of New Bedford High as opposed to. New Bedford High School. That, that doesn't really. I mean, that doesn't. I, I don't understand. That doesn't make a ton of sense because. You know, people. That's your opinion. That's for sure. Right, but I don't. But it's it's all students from the same like population. Yeah. Because right? I remember when I was a kid, and it was on Hillman Street. There were guys there that wanted to go to New Bedford High, but they just couldn't cut the grades to get into New Bedford High, so they yeah. get dumped into New Bedford Volk. So New Bedford Volk goes off and says, "Okay, we'll do our own thing. We'll do it to the best of our ability." And they get in with uh, the other vocational schools, and they start going the wrong way. And they get a run and right. You know, I would take the position here, like, hey, they didn't want you when you were bad. Why well, they want to be your friend when you're good? I don't know if they didn't. They didn't want you when you're bad. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. Well, what... they didn't. They used to dump all the 
Folk was a dumping ground for kids who couldn't make it in high school. And right. In fact, it was a dumping ground for kids who had were behavior problems in high school. Well, there's probably a, a middle ground between dumping ground for kids who are problems and, um, uh, you know, only admitting uh, essentially being a de facto private school. And the point being is, is that that's what they're trying. To, now, the Bedford, the Bedford High is turning into somewhere where they have all the behavioral problems, and they want to dump and devoke. I mean, I mean uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's running fine. But but if who's saying broke, it isn't? But but it's. I think that they shouldn't be allowed to just box their way in the door and poke until they can show that they can do a good job for themselves. But I think they have. They've improved a, a great deal, oh, even under those standards. Know. They've improved a lot. They have. The graduation oh, yeah. rate's gone from 50% to 88%. Yeah. And then the, the, the graduation, they should all be graduating for crying out loud. Well, it's just... And the, another, another thing is that you're saying that uh, all these kids, you know, they just, they just misunderstood. If you just let them in there, they'll just straighten right out. Well, I didn't say and that. I said if they have, maybe if they had the opportunity that they could. circumstances and... And all this other stuff, and if they can't get into vote, then they'll just be doomed to a life without. I didn't. To pick up that's, a trade. that's not. I didn't say that. I just said you're foreclosing people from an opportunity um, based on factors that a lot of them can't control. Like you know, when you're 12 years old. You're a kid. You know, it's well, like the opportunity exists outside of Oak. I know it exists outside of Oak. I understand and that. The military. Yeah, I, and that'll help you straight out your attitude as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you don't die, if you want to, if you don't die, right? You oh, if you don't go to war and get yeah, if you don't, yeah, if you okay. don't, if you don't okay. die, that's a little bit of a big if. You in the military? No, <laughs> no but still, no. I don't think you should have to go to the military to straighten yourself out. Why not? It's good to be a patriot for your country. Go to the military, be a patriot for your country, get an education, uh, uh, a vocational education. When you're in the Christ, you can even get a nuclear power plant management. No, it's a good and opportunity. Then, and then I know. Also go to school when you get out. It's a great opportunity for a lot of people, I understand, but, but it doesn't have to be the... So the opportunity is not foreclosed if they don't get it to vote. Yeah. And by, by your reasoning, saying that if they just, you know, they're, they're from one minority class or another, and they just had, uh, or, or they're white, and they just had tough upbringings, and they just uh, are, are misunderstood, they should be able to get into vote. Well, okay, let's have them get into uh, airline flight attendants and pilot school as well. Okay. Because they've had they've had you know bad childhoods and bad they've been disadvantaged in life. They should be able to get it to any school that they want to, not just folk. They don't stop there. Slow down the slippery slope. Put them at the airline schools and uh, medical schools and everything else because they need a break. They've been disadvantaged and, and they didn't turn themselves around yet. Yeah, I, I think that's a misrepresentation of what I said. But you know, if they had an opportunity well, for better, no, I mean, I'm following your reasoning. If, they, <laughs> if, they, if they're from certain classes and they've had a bad shake in life. Or they can be perceived to have had a bad shake in life, then they should be given every advantage that everybody else has. Yeah, that's actually exactly what I'm saying. Okay, I, so let's put them into medical school. No bar. If they can pass, if they can pass. Okay, so vote if they can pass. Yes, if they can pass. If, if they, they can, can if they if they if they get the opportunity and they do well, then that then then great. Hey, listen, man, I got to take these breaks, but oh, I appreciate okay. you calling okay, in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1420 WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station. 
I'm Dr. Gordon Christensen, and if you're a dentist as I am, or you know a dentist, please take a moment to listen. When I became a dentist, I learned how quickly poor oral health can lead to other serious health problems. And for people without access to care, these problems can spiral very quickly. I wanted to help, but I wasn't sure how I could until I joined Dental Lifeline Network. It's a nonprofit that has helped us literally change the lives of people in our communities. DLN asked dentists to volunteer to see just one of the many patients in need in your area. It's very simple. DLN screens those in need and coordinates an initial appointment that takes place in the comfort of the dentist's own office and on their schedule. Right now, there's a wait list for patients in need in your community. I'm asking fellow dentists who will join me in seeing one patient per year. Learn more about Dental Lifeline Network at willyouc1.org. That's willyouc1.org. Take South Coast tonight with you wherever you go. Stream Chris and Marcus on the WBSM app or get their podcast on the app at WBSM.com. Now, back to South Coast tonight. You know, it's something interesting, too, while we're having this conversation about Vogue admissions. Um, Eric Lesser, who ran for lieutenant governor, he's a state senator from the Western Mass, Longmeadow, Springfield. He called in when I had my Saturday show, he had called in. Um, you know, I'd had all the candidates on, but he was he called in and one of his proposals was removing the wait lists uh, from vocational schools, essentially expanding the admissions, which I think is a, a, I think is a good idea, too. If they were to expand the admissions, um, it would not only provide those opportunities that we're talking about, but it would also, um, I think, be in service to, um, you know, filling what's right now a, a slack labor market where there are a lot of opportunities out there that positions that aren't being filled, especially now when we're getting all of this new development in offshore wind and all that stuff happening here and, and elsewhere, uh, there's, there's, there's other uh, opportunities to be had. So that was something Eric Lesser had brought up. I thought at, I, at the time, I thought it was a great idea. I still do. Um, but I had to take a break. I really appreciate everybody who called, who messaged me on the app chat. And we will um, we'll be back tomorrow. So thanks again. I, I did, a lot of people called in, had a lot of strong opinions on these topics, and I do appreciate everybody who calls in and voices their opinion here. So tomorrow, uh, Jake Ventura, Ward 3 candidate, he's going to join us at 9. I believe in the 8 o'clock hour, uh, Tom Hoy, who's the Register of Probate for Bristol County, um, runs the, uh, the probate and family courts. Uh, it's an elected position. Used to be the mayor Totten. He's going to call in uh, in the eight o'clock hour at some point. Funny, funny story. Tom Hoy was actually, I believe, my very first guest when I when I hosted uh, when I hosted for the first time when I filled in for Phil Paleologus. That was my very first hosting duty. It was date. I was like, oh man, wow, my radio career is really going to take off now. But it was like two days before everything shut off, uh, got shut down in the pandemic. <laughs> So um ended up working out, right? But uh, Tom Hoy, I believe, is my very first guest. I don't think I've had him on since. So I ran into him at the Healy event uh, in Taunton uh, last week. And uh, great guy. And really looking forward to talking to him. I'm looking forward to talking to all of you tomorrow. So thanks so much again. We'll be back tomorrow. Same time, same place. South Coast tonight. All right.